I can't tell you how many times, and maybe you can relate to this, where I've wanted things. I've wanted a relationship to work. Yeah. I've wanted a certain yeah. situation. To work. I wanted a project to work. I wanted to move somewhere. Yeah. And only in retrospect, three, five, ten years later, I would say to myself, <laughs> thank God right. that didn't happen. Yeah. Thank God I wasn't with that person. Right, right. God we didn't move to that place. Yeah. Thank God. So yeah. we are looking at a situation based on our current lens perspective, which is determined by our consciousness and you know nervous system and past conditioning. So we can't necessarily see the entire picture that life is seeking to unfold through us. Welcome to Men This Way, the podcast for every man who seeks to live his deepest purpose in life, who's committed to showing up fully and giving his unique gifts to the world. Because if not you, then who? I'm your host and fellow journeyman, Brian Reeves. Brian with a Y, Reeves. Men This Way. Do you really think that you're in control of your life? Or do you ever feel stuck or stagnant? Or like no matter how hard you grind, true happiness and fulfillment seem always just out of reach? And what if the fulfillment you seek only comes through the practice of surrender? Well, in this episode, my guest, Coot Blackson, and I mine these questions and more for useful insights to make a meaningful difference in your life. Coot is a return guest to the show. He and I have been friends for many years now, and I always love the rich experience of being in conversation with the wisdom being that is Coot. He's just come out with a new book called The Magic of Surrender. And this practice of surrender is one of the core practices that I've been exploring for many years in my own life. There are so many myths and misunderstandings about what it means to live surrendered, and I'm excited to explore some of those with Coot today. Coot is a beloved inspirational speaker and transformational teacher. He's author of the national best-selling book, You Are the One, and his new book, of course, The Magic of Surrender. He's been featured on Larry King Now, Fox and Friends, Dr. Drew, And Inc. Magazine once called him the mindfulness guru billionaires go to for advice. In this episode, Coot and I talk about what people misunderstand about the practice of surrender, how to know when you are not practicing genuine surrender, why the ability to properly grieve is so important for this practice, and then, of course, how to actually practice surrender and so much more. Oh, and one of my favorite things that we talk about in this episode is the the tendency to want our intimate partners to do any surrendering before we do, which usually kind of sounds like, hey, babe, will you just do everything the way I want you to so that being with you is easier for me? and how obviously that never goes well. And one more thing, uh, my new book is also out, Choose Her Every Day or Leave Her, a guide for your journey through the transformational fires of love and intimacy. If you've struggled to really fully step into embracing intimate relationship with another human being, or you tend to partner with one who struggles to fully show up with enthusiasm for long-term intimacy, then this book is for you. It's an anthology of my teaching stories, enlightening insights, practical tools, and secrets to creating extraordinary relationship that should never be secrets. 
in one beautifully bound and buttery red book that you can now own as you continue your own journey to thriving in love and intimacy. It's now on Amazon, including Kindle, and you can also order it from me directly and also get links to international retailers at brianreeves.com slash book. brianreeves.com slash book. It's Brian with a Y. Don't forget that. Y. Reeves.com slash book. Choose her every day or leave her. Essential reading for any man or woman who genuinely wants to thrive in intimacy. All right, back to my episode with Coot Blackson. Now take a deep breath and stay present with us all the way through to Coot's three key takeaways on surrender at the end of this episode of Men This Way. All right, let's dive. Coot Blackson, my man, welcome back to Men This Way. Great to be here, brother. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate you. Dude, I love I love just being in conversation with you, man. So it's it's really good to have you here. You're you're we're gonna talk about a subject that is a practice, an idea, a way of being, uh, a, uh, that is so core to the way that I aspire to show up in life. Uh, surrender. So I'm really excited to have you here, man. I think this is such an important conversation. So, dude, again, welcome to Men This Way, Coot Blackson. Second time visitor, man. You're a repeat, repeat guest, as you should be. As you should be. <laughs> Becoming a regular. <laughs> a regular, regular friend of the show. You're a friend of the show is what <laughs> is happening here. You're a friend of the show. But, you know, before we dive into that, though, I want to acknowledge uh, yesterday I tuned into your IG live that you were doing. A spontaneous moment. Dude, I got to tell you, man, I was impressed with your capacity to focus because you, you remember you asked the one word at the end. What's your one word? Look, you were spitting fire and it was beautiful. And you were talking about the importance of grieving when it comes to the practice of surrender, mm -hmm. which I'm really excited to talk about uh, a little bit later. But, you know, you had, you know, you do an IG live. You have so many people on these <laughs> things. There were some just bizarre comments flying on the screen. And that's one thing that always trips me up is like, I'm trying to track what people are saying is I'm outlandish shit. Props to you man, for your focus. <laughs> we gotta we gotta stay focused on the mission, man. We gotta stay focused yeah. on the prize. And for me, you know, uh the prize is always delivering value and serving people. And you know, I think uh when we forget that we sometimes get distracted. So I just stay laser focused on that, you know. Uh, indeed. You know what's funny actually, I'm 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 actually reflecting right now on the first time you and I were in the same room was you were I don't remember that. Tell me. I remember it. Yes. You were giving a presentation at uh our our mutual friend Fabian Al Sultani was hosting that yoga and music festival on Santa Monica Beach. And uh Mastin Kip was you were in you were the the, the Daily Love tent. Mm -hmm. You were giving a speech at the Daily Love tent beautiful rousing speech and I went to see you we were both writing for the daily love at the time and I went to go see who's this Coot Blackson dude and you said something like it during your presentation you said something like and folks I am going to say something very important and if I don't say to, and if I don't say it this, this isn't obviously I'm totally paraphrasing if I don't say it, I invite you to call me out. Oh, were you the and, guy you that know, called me out in the end? I was a dude that oh, called you out, man. man. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, a, I was like your troll, but the one you invited, the one you asked for, call me out. And I was like, Coot, what about that thing? And I remember you looked at me, sort of like, oh, but you were focused, man. Yes. You know, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful, 
I shocked myself into your awareness. Nice, nice. Anyway, nice, nice. Let's talk about surrender. Coot, when I uh, started to read your book, you tell a story. Mm. Um, I like to start these episodes with you know personal stories to help readers get to get to know our guests a little, readers, listeners <laughs> to get to know our guests a little bit more. And I was really deeply moved by the story that you shared about your mom. Mm. First off, the way that her and your father met, but really the way that your mom met her death. Mm. And you know, I want to. Leave it to those who want to check out your book to to dive into these beautiful and heart wrenching stories. But but perhaps you could share with us, and maybe bring us into that story a little bit. But w- what your mom's way of being really taught you about the practice of surrender? Yeah, I think her way of being for me. Look, my mother was diagnosed with stomach cancer right after my first book came out. So here I am on this high. My book is a national bestseller and I'm doing interviews and Larry King and Fox and what have you. And then I get this phone call from my father in uh, the middle of the night uh, saying, your mother has cancer. And I thought, this has got to be a joke. Mm. I just saw my mother a few months ago. She seemed fine. And cancer my mother i mean if anything i thought my father would go first because he was Mm. 10 years older than my mother and so she was diagnosed with stomach cancer i was flying back and forth from la to london literally every month every four weeks to be with her in chemo for four or five days and take care of her and that gave me the opportunity to just be with her and spend time with her and talk to her and sit with her and i'd be with my mother for eight hours in chemo sessions just holding her hand talking about nothing, in silence, just being together. And throughout the process of this entire year, it was so profound. I I kid you not, I never saw her complain. I never saw her cry. I never saw her feel like a victim. I never saw her get mad, get upset. She was really in good spirits and in peace. There was a moment where I really received the gift from her because she was doing chemo. The chemo didn't work. The doctors wanted to do uh, operation, stomach operation, take her entire stomach out. But they got to the point where they said, that won't even help you. So that doesn't make sense for us to even do that. And basically, I don't know if you've had one of these conversations, but they basically tell you you're about to die and we don't know how long you have in a very nice way. And Mm -hmm. they tell you to get your affairs in order. And here I am sitting with my mother, the woman I love the most on the planet, one of my deepest, you know, the deepest connection I have in this human incarnation. And you're in your 20s at this point. Oh, right? this is in 2016, you know, a few years back. This is, she must be about 71 years old. So mm-hmm. she's not like that old okay. in terms of, she's not like 85. And so here I am sitting with my mother in the hospital room. The doctor says, you only have a few weeks or months to live. We don't know how long. She takes a deep breath. She nods her head, says nothing. I go out. My heart is pumping. You know, I mean, I I had a year to come to peace with this, but the reality of it just starts hitting you. And it really hit me. It's like, wow, I'll never see my mother again. My mother will never see my children. My mother will never see. There's so many things I wanted to do with my mother. And And also... This last year had been the best year of my entire life in a strange mm. way because I got to just be with her and, and connect with her. And part of me had some regrets, man. I mean, I was, 
I haven't had a lot of regrets in my life. I've done what I've, a lot of the things I've wanted to do, been, had, achieved. And during this time, in that moment, I had so many regrets because there were so many more things I wanted to do with my mother. And in the pursuit of success and reaching people, and I missed out on, yeah. on just being with her. And I thought yeah. to myself, why did it take my mother dying and passing away to spend this time with her? Like, mm. why did I not do this uh, earlier? Mm. You know? And mm. so here she is. She's been told she's about to die. And we went to the car. Before I got in the car, I'm so emotional. I, I tell my mother, I ask my mother, are you afraid? Are you afraid of that? Basically, you're going to die. Mm. Like you're aware. Are you afraid of dying? Mm. And she looks me straight in the eye. I mean, it's one thing, brother, when, you know, everything is great. We, we understand that we're not the body. We're infinite spirits, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. But when you are faced with your mortality, yeah. in reality, like this yeah. is it. Yeah. That's another thing. And so she looks at me and she just, you know, no cameras, no Instagram, no IG, no nothing. And, then, <laughs> and she just right. says, you know, I'm not afraid. And uh, I know she says to me something like, I know I'm not this body. This body is just a, te a temporary vehicle that my soul is using in this lifetime. My soul will last forever. My soul is eternal. And I'll be guiding you and watching you from the other side. I'm not afraid because I know who I am, basically. Mm. Mm -hmm. and then I looked at my mother and I said to her, what can I do for you? How can I, I want you to be a good son. What can I do for you to, to make your last days memorable and, and take you somewhere, buy you something? And she says, I don't need anything. And to me, this was the crux of the whole situation. She says, I don't need anything. All I want is what God wants for my life. That's it. Mm -hmm. To me, that was the secret, whether it's, whether you're religious, whether you're not religious, what I took from that yeah. is she was just surrendered to the unfolding of life as it was happening, whatever that was. And all she wanted was the highest, the highest destiny for herself. You know, even if yeah. that was, even if that was there, she wasn't attached to living. She wasn't attached to dying. She just was so, in such a place of surrender and a wholehearted participation with what was happening that I realized that this was her freedom. She was truly free during the process of her death. Then I looked at her life and I realized, wow, this is how my mother had been living her whole life. Mm -hmm. she, mar she married an African man, sight unseen, never saw a picture of him, never met him, couldn't speak English, different culture. She's from Japan. He's from Africa. Agreed to marry this man, having never met this man, doesn't even know who the hell he is. She just felt a calling. I mean, I tell the whole story in my yeah. first book, You Are The One. But this woman followed the path of surrender in such, uh, shall we say, simple and unassuming ways that growing up with her, I didn't even realize it, you know? And, and I saw this was her power. This was, this was her greatness. Mm -hmm. It wasn't because she was the richest person in the world. It wasn't that she was the, the tallest person, the strongest person, the most influential person. But her greatness was in her surrender to being of service, in her surrender to her soul, in her surrender to the divine. And I was very moved, you know. And then when she passed away, I started looking at all of the reflecting on my mother and all of the great ones, you know, Jesus, Buddha, Gandhi, Muhammad Ali, Mandela, etc., etc. And I started to reflect and see that, wow, the key to their greatness, the key to Mandela's greatness, who spent 28 years in prison, 
was the fact that he surrendered. He surrendered to his true soul's destiny. He surrendered to something bigger than himself. And in surrendering to something bigger than himself, he went beyond the ego, personality, identity, personal power, and he opened to surrender to life itself. He surrendered to something bigger than himself. And that's when life was able to use him. And that's kind of the invitation that I, I really received from my mother and, and really is the mm. essence of the invitation of the book. Well, and, I, and what I notice, there's a number of things you've said that I want to unpack a little bit. What, just in this last part, what I noticed too is like take Mandela. He, 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 he got himself, I mean, look, let, let's be careful here. Well, he, he was a fighter. He started out as a fighter you know, resistance, uh, revolutionary fighter. And that's ultimately the government of South Africa put him in jail because of his fight, which we would say is the opposite of surrender from a certain frame. And yet, yeah, here he is. How, how long did he spend in, in that, on Rikers Island? Like 27 20, years. 27 years. Well, I, 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 do, I, I, I don't, I won't let you finish, but I do want to clarify please. something. Because a lot of people think, and it's to your exact point, because I don't want people, because I really don't want people to go into, oh, Mandela was a fighter, that means he wasn't surrendering. What does that mean? You know, because we have this idea that surrender means being passive. Surrender means right. laying down. Surrender means not standing up. Surrender means, what well, do I just sit down and just lay down and let people walk all over me? And I, I'm actually saying, no, we need to reframe our idea of surrender. Mandela, for instance, he had to surrender, like, I'm sure he didn't, he knew that if he followed his deepest truth, which was to stand up for equality and justice, he probably knew that there would be some consequences to that. And so even though it looked like on the surface, he was fighting on another level, there was a surrender to his dharma, a surrender to his path, a surrender to the fight for righteousness for justice that he had to surrender to Mandela, you know, he didn't, uh, yeah. uh, sorry, um, Muhammad Ali, he didn't just lie down, you know, here he was at the top of his game as a heavyweight champion of the world, but didn't believe in this Vietnam War situation, right. that he was willing to take a stand and say, yeah. I'm not going to follow something that is not in alignment with my truth, with my guidance, with my soul. And so I think surrender is not weakness, surrender is really stepping into and living and following the deepest guidance of your heart. And that might mean sometimes standing up and fighting. That might yeah. mean sometimes standing up and protesting. That might mean sometimes standing up and taking someone to court, you know, and fighting for the underprivileged. It might mean going where it's scary, but what we're doing is we're surrendering beyond our fears and we're surrendering to our soul and the deeper guidance yeah. of our soul, you know? Well, this is such an important distinction because I'm also there's something else that you said that I can just I can just hear a lot of men's brains mm. whirring mm. when you were talking about your mother. Mm. I never saw her cry. I never saw her complain. I never saw her kind of. And now again, I believe I I, I okay. So I'm speaking the devil's advocate here because I can yeah, see I can see a lot of men wanting to, because, you know, there's Men This Way is the name of this podcast. We have a lot of women listening, a lot of women listen, but a lot of men listen. I mean, this was, I, this is for conversations between men, amongst men, uh, wisdom conversations for men. But I can hear a lot of men going, man, if only my woman or my, 
you know, if she, she should, yeah, see, she cries too much. She complains too much. She's not surrendered. She needs to surrender more. God, I wish she would be surrendered like Coot's mom. I, I'm <laughs> done. <laughs> I hear it, man. I can hear it because my voice went it, you know, because even I'm reading that, I was reading that story and, and I was like, God, boy, it'd be great to be with a woman who's surrendered like that. Because I, I, I never have to deal with any discomfort of my own. Ah, yeah. Look, look, you see, be, it's, going, it's kind of going a different direction here. Let, but let, let, let's it's really be real. important. Yeah. I, it's not. I saw throughout my childhood my mother cry a hell of a freaking lot. Let's be clear. Yeah. She was very. She was very emotional. Cried a lot. Had a lot of emotional turbulence in her life, on a personal yeah. level. I just yeah. want to make that really clear on a human level cultural issues with my dad moving from japan a first world country to at that time ghana maybe a fourth world country and not speaking english being around african you know african people different food different culture different everything you know seeing literally people get killed in front of her because of the coup that was happening and Mm. having to get smuggled out and my father not being able to come back so there was a lot of tears, cultural differences between her and my father. It was not a cakewalk. And I grew up yeah. wiping my mother's tears. Yeah. I grew up consoling my mother. So I saw her cry a lot. But in this instance, the level of her surrender to God, it was a level of surrender to something beyond her human self. It was a level of surrender to her destiny where she had a deep understanding of what she was. And I didn't know that my mother had, the, had it at that level, to right. be, just to be that, clear. That she had a deep yeah. understanding. Now, I do think, you know, when we're talking about the lie yesterday, maybe I could just break down a few levels. I do think that it's so important to also surrender to our humanity and yeah. surrender to our uh, humanity, to our imperfections, to being human on this planet as a man, as a woman, to surrender to the acknowledgement of our feelings and not do a spiritual bypass but also simultaneously if we let go to it so much the danger becomes we can sometimes get so stuck in it and so over-identified in our emotionality that that becomes another extreme and so what I want to, what, what well, I, I want, I want to, I want to just, I want to, I want to, I don't want to rush too fast past this because this is so important, Coot, because I think, you know, I think there are two layers that works and it's all the same, but there are, there's the, there's the spiritual practice and then there's the human practice. Yes. And, and, and I think this is, that's why this is so important. That's why we're going to talk about grieving as well. Yeah. Cause I think about my partner, Sylvie, she cries damn near every day. Beautiful. It is beautiful. beautiful. And and she has told me very clearly that Brian, if I don't allow myself to have mm-hmm. a good cry regularly and if I don't allow that, it will not be good for us. Mm-hmm. It will not be it won't be healthy for me cuz it's like mm-hmm. it's a way of her just releasing her really? emotions allow and it really is beautiful and it's 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 taught me so much about I mean she is practicing an act of surrender. surrendering to what is alive for her in the moment the emotion surrendering to the emotion allowing it to move through allowing it to to purge allowing it to cleanse trusting that all feelings fully felt you know kind of have their own cycle and complete themselves yeah and i think that's what i i really just wanting to draw that distinction for our listeners because i could i could just hear it in the in the in the telling of your story at the beginning i'm like oh no 
there's the, there goes the man brain wanting his partner to not have any emotions. <laughs> like there's something wrong with her. If she like she's not surrendered enough or she's not no. I mean uh, what I, you said. I would I would invite the man to consider yeah. the possibility of surrendering to the ocean that is the feminine. To yes. surrendering and, and c- c- coming into an acceptance and a surrender of the ocean of emotion that is the feminine so that he can then no longer resist the ocean as it moves and yeah. as it as it undulates and as it storms and as it calms and it does its thing so that he can just hold the space for the yeah. feminine as she goes through her emotional you know exploration and expression however it is because i think if he's able to hold the space the yeah. feminine feels safe and is able to move through that much more you know and i think for a man to understand, not to get too sidetracked, but you bring up some, a really good point. If he's able to be with his woman's emotion, you know, the feminine emotion, rather than try to control it, which never works out well, no. rather than trying to suppress it, which never works out well, if you try to suppress your woman, the feminine emotion that you're in relationship with, you will also... Uh, that emotion has to be expressed in some way. So if it ends up being suppressed, it will often express in unhealthy ways in the relationship. And if you end up trying to suppress that, what I found is you will also lose out on the effervescent aliveness of your woman, of the feminine, of your goddess, because if she's not able to express the full range of her rainbow of feminine uh, energy and emotion, emotional expression, then it's not healthy. Yeah. You'll miss out on the full rainbow of beauty of what the feminine is. And so I would invite every man to surrender to the rainbow and all of it and celebrate it yeah. and be with it and don't even try to figure it out. Just, just you know, like a yeah. sailboat in the ocean, just navigate and ride the wave and lo- just, love, just love her. Well, well I remember I, I took a, a previous girlfriend. We were in the midst of a very chaotic painful relationship and and i took her to a landmark education weekend oh i don't know where this is going (laughs) this is already sounding a little i don't know yeah well so you know we we went through the weekend and i had already done the course i I was going through it a second time and bringing her with me but the thing is you know we both had an agenda of the other person learning something like both of us kind of you know one eyeball looking at the other person like is she getting this is he getting this is he is he did he hear what the teacher just said because if he heard it then he'll treat me differently and i'm like god if she would only just hear what the teacher just said then she'll wake up and this shit won't be so fucking hard anymore you know we went through the whole weekend so talk about not surrendering to what we were really there for but still operating in a stance of control and agenda um and yeah it was uh, it didn't didn't serve us there are, and I think it's important, this is something I had to learn, actually from a very young age, in relationship with the feminine as a man, where there are gifts for the masculine in the feminine emotion. Of course. Sometimes even if it seems chaotic, if it seems doesn't make sense, sometimes even if it seems crazy, if we as men really step back, feel, connect to our hearts, listen, attune, we will likely find there are some profound gifts that are being communicated to us in her emotional expression that perhaps we're needing to 
pay attention to. If we're willing to allow ourselves to receive the feedback or be guided. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I think if we're able to surrender to that, we'll, we'll find gifts that we can then use to help recalibrate and even evolve ourselves and grow. Because I think the feminine in many ways is attuned to emotion and attuned to sen- sensitive to where we're at, sensitive to energy. And uh, the feminine emotion can be a great gift to us as men. Well, I think that's the most important question is not like whether my partner is surrendered, whether she or he, for that matter, whether whoever I'm with, whether they're doing it right or whether they're making this. Because ultimately what I'm asking is in that question is, are, are, are they gonna, are they making this easy for me or is it, are they making it hard for me? Can they make it? What if they do? But rather, am I surrendered? Am I practicing surrender in this? Where am I in in in? And let's, well, let's explore what this means, but where am I in resistance to what yeah. is unfolding? Even in, you know, in that relationship I shared with you about, it's where I was not surrendered was to the truth inside of my heart that this is not the relationship I want to be in. And in the resistance, like fighting that, wanting, you know, being in it, even though my deepest being was like, you're not supposed to be in this. This is not your, this is not your truth to stay. Yeah. So it's like it was all an inside job. Yeah. That's a level of surrender is surrendering to the truth that that is uncomfortable, that you know that this relationship may not be really aligned, you know? Right. And, and that takes a level of honesty and courage and self-reflection. And, and I think in so many ways, as human beings, we have this idea of who we should be. You know, this idea of how something or someone should be, of how a relationship should be, of the life that we think we should be living. And to me, part of surrender is the willingness to uh, be honest and, and take the conditions off of life, the willingness to have the courage to stop imposing onto life or a relationship or a situation or another person who what we think we or they should be so that we can feel the deeper truth, you know, of what it, what is, you know, what is, even if we don't actually do anything about it, even if we don't actually make a change or take an action, just beginning to surrender to this is the truth of what I feel. Yeah. This is, this relationship isn't right. I'm not ready to take action. I'm not ready to break up. But at least that internal, com- when we surrender to the truth, at least the internal conflict within us can sort of subside. And then we can just start being in acceptance with what is. But acceptance, and this, we can get into this also, acceptance doesn't necessarily mean surrender. Well, it's very, par- we're, we're dancing in the field of paradox inside of this. I think coming back to where you were discussing like Nelson Mandela and Muhammad Ali, surrender doesn't mean just just allowing myself to be abused allowing myself to be used in whatever way the forces around me want to use me the the egos around me the culture around me um well let me ask you this because because here we'll come at this from a lot of different angles how can someone know when they are not practicing surrender i think when we're not practicing surrender a few things we usually feel some level of contract, con- constriction, contraction, or pain within ourselves. Something will feel off inside, 
or we will be in some pain. Pain as in, you know, in terms of your relationship, you were in some level of... Yeah, heaviness. Pain. Felt heavy, heaviness. Felt heavy. Heaviness. Yeah. Heaviness or intent. Some level of heaviness, some level of pain, yeah. intense pain, or and things in life will stop flowing. Things in life will stop kind of unfolding. I think when we're in surrender, there is a flow. That doesn't mean it's always easy. That doesn't mean we won't have to put some effort into the situation or into building a relationship or a career. But I have found that when you are living in alignment with your truth, there is a fault flow. There is an unfolding because we have brought ourselves, when we surrender, we have brought ourselves out of resistance into the flow of life. Mm. You know, and I think that's, that's, that's the key. When things don't seem to be connecting and working and nothing seems to be out, things seem to be out of flow, that's one of the ways I think we know that we're not surrendering, where we're trying to, we're trying to force something to be. Yeah. We're trying to like make it happen because we really want it to happen and we think it's good for us. So we, 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 yeah. we, we, we try to or force someone, else. someone or good try for to someone force else. a relationship, try to force a project and it's not opening. Like no matter how much we exert, it's not yeah. really opening. I think when we're in surrender and flow, yes, you might have to exert effort, but then there's an opening. And that opening may not be the final opening, but it, the opening will lead to another opening. But many times we just keep banging our heads against the wall. And I think that's a sign. We're not in flow. We're not in surrender. And that's an opportunity to step back and recalibrate and not take it as we did something wrong or not take it as a failure, but step back and actually get curious. You know, what, what else could this mean? What else could the universe be seeking to uh, do for us? I believe that it, from my perspective, what I've seen in my life, the universe is always working out for our highest good. Even if we don't understand what the hell is happening right now, yeah. and even if we, we're not able to see the whole picture of why something is the way it is, I really believe that uh, if life is about evolution, the universe is always working out for, for our highest good. And so for me, when things aren't flowing, that's the opportunity to get curious and step back and go, what, what more could be seeking to unfold? What, what more could the universe be doing here? You know, I think it's easier to surrender because what I don't want people to think is, oh, surrender. That means, well, cool. We just sit on the couch, right? And just, just, just surrender. I'm surrendered on the couch doing, doing nothing and just let it all happen. No, I think what we have to do is align with our truth. And once we feel this is the deepest truth in the moment that I feel is, is, is calling, to give 100% and move in that direction. So, well, I think, I, I think, I think, surrender doesn't mean laziness. Well, I think key in that too, Coot, is the truth. My truth is evolving moment to moment to moment in response, in partnership with what is happening in the world around me. Exactly. I think this is a really key point because I'll give you an example. Like, I used to have this mantra. I haven't said it to myself in a long time, but for, for a long time, this or, and this was long before I really knew of the practice of surrender, but this mantra wasn't, you, you alluded to it earlier, is mm. the universe is constantly conspiring to bless me. My only job is to get the hell out of the way and let it happen. That's, that's the key. And, and one of my teachers um, uh, used to counsel me 
uh, Brian, don't push the river. Yeah. Don't push the river. And despite my beautiful mantra, you know, the universe is constantly conspiring to bless me. My only job is to get out of the way and let it happen. I was pushing rivers all over the place, constantly trying to make things happen that clearly I was getting a lot of feedback from life. This doesn't want to happen. (laughs) Professionally, relationally, personally, intimately, you know, all, all, all kinds of ways. You know, this idea of aligning with truth, you know, my in an intimate relationship, my partner's, she's evolving and changing all the time, her own whims and desires and wishes. I mean, that's the nature of the feminine. Not to say that my partner is all feminine. Obviously, she has very, has her masculine capacity. She has direction. She has ambition. She has her own ideas about things. But emotionally, she's all over the damn map. And um, even her direction can change what she wants out of life at different times. And I think, you know, I think of this idea of surrender. How do I practice surrender? One of the things that terrifies me in that practice, Coot, is thinking, for example, that, okay, one of the challenges that she and I have been having is around where do we live? I've shared this with you, you know, offline in our personal conversations. Where do we live? I'm not loving Los Angeles these days. I've, I've, I've been out of favor with LA for the last five, six years. Right when she and I met, I was planning, I was like, I was out, but I didn't even have a home here. I was traveling a lot, but I met her and that rooted me here. And now here we are. And my disaffection has only grown. (laughs) And so, you know, we've really struggled over this question because she's fully rooted here. She's full on rooted in LA family. She's been 32 years here. So this, this practice of surrender has been really alive for me and, and at times terrifying because there's a part of me that's like, oh my God, if I surrender to this, I, I mean, I'm all in on our relationship. That's not to say that we'll, I know for sure we'll always be together, but I'm all like, my truth is I'm in today, tomorrow, yesterday, I'm a hundred percent in surrender. Oh my God. Does that mean I have to live here for the rest of my fucking life? <laughs> oh shit. You know, the freak out begins to happen. And what's interesting is with, I noticed with Sylvie, and I think this is the nature of life, I'm just curious to see your reflection on this, even as she'll, you know, kind of root in her desire to be here because it's what she knows and, you know, her friends and family and everything. The more I resist, the more I speak out for leaving, the more rooted she gets in wanting to stay. You know, what you resist persists. The more I in a way, surrender, you could say, which really I, I, I experience as a willingness to be here for the rest of my life. It's just a story. I mean, what's the rest of my life? What do I know about that? Nothing. All I know is right now, like in the moment, a willingness, <sighs> like a deep breath, like you said, a step back. Okay. I've been pushing for us to leave. It ain't happening. All signs point to no. <laughs> Even in my own being, I haven't, I don't know where the hell else we'd go. I've noticed the more that I just sort of relax and allow myself to be willing to be here, to find happiness where I'm at, the more I hear her soften in her insistence that we stay forever. So I find that really interesting. It's like the more opening gets, she experiences, it doesn't mean we'll actually leave, but the more that I soften and surrender to what is, which is her desire to stay and my, even though I have a desire to leave, I have a lack of clarity about where we'd go. 
Like, right? Yeah. When in doubt, do nothing. Yeah. I notice there's a there's an opening, there's a softening, there's a there's a harmony that starts to infuse our relationship, our even our mm. even our way about surrender and our mutual goal. We've we've come clear that we're where we really want to do is live in Ireland for a part of the year. Mm. And we both have come alive inside of that dream and that vision. But in my resistance, and I know I'm talking a lot here and I want to give you give the Mike, back to you. I'm just sort of get your ref- reflections on this and this this magic of surrender. You know, it, there can be a lot of terror that comes up in this idea of surrender. Like, if I really surrender to what is, I'm going to be stuck in something that I do that I that makes me really sad. Maybe this is the the gateway to grieving. Yeah, that worked. That we were exploring. You were exploring. Yeah, there's a, there's a few things I want to say. I think yeah. sometimes there was this this idea that if I surrender. I'll be stuck in something. If I surrender, then that means I won't get what I want. Yeah. If I surrender, right. I won't get my dream. I won't have that kid. I won't have that relationship. If I surrender, then, and all I'm proposing is be willing to not know. Mm. Like be willing to not know because sometimes what we think we want is only what we think we want based on our current perspective, consciousness in this moment. And that right. there is actually a deeper intelligence at work, a deeper intelligence in your relationship, a deeper intelligence in your soul's evolution and her soul's evolution and our soul's evolution that is usually more intelligent with a capital I than our minds. And so sometimes we want what we want and we think that's what we want, but there is something else at work. Yeah. And to me, the surrender is to take the conditions off and I would say, allow ourselves to not know. Yeah. Allow ourselves for a moment to not know. So, okay, this is what I want. This is what I think I want. Because I can't tell you how many times, and maybe you can relate to this, where I've wanted things. I've wanted a relationship to work. Yeah. I've wanted a certain yeah. situation to work. I wanted a project to work. I wanted to move somewhere. Yeah. And only in retrospect, three, five, ten years later, I would say to myself, <laughs> thank God. Right. That didn't happen. Yeah. Thank God I wasn't with that person. Right, right. God we didn't move to that place. Yeah. Thank God. So yeah. we are looking at a situation based on our current lens perspective, which is determined by our consciousness and you know nervous system and past conditioning. So we can't necessarily see the entire picture that life is seeking to unfold through us. Yeah. You know, Mandela yeah. was it Martin Luther King. He didn't want to be the head of the civil rights movement. Mm. They wanted him to be the head of the civil rights movement. Mm. And yep. he, resi- he resisted that mm. for a long time because he knew, he knew what that might mean. And so he was like, I, I just wanna have a nice life with my kids, mm. you know, and, and, and in this church and just have a good life. Yeah. But there came a point where life was seeking to take him in a different direction and it was it was bigger than him yeah. and so i would say surrender is not about oh i'm going to live in this situation forever we're going to live in la forever we're going to be stuck in anywhere forever it's the willingness to not know and say okay universe i'm open i'm open i'm open and rather than me trying to navigate with my mind or my personality or my ego or my brain or my 
in the visual desire, I'm open to allowing myself to be guided. And to me, that's the shift of surrender is the willingness to let life yeah. guide you. And we don't necessarily know what that means because many times we think, oh, the mind is constantly trying to make meanings of things. So we say, oh, this is what this means. Yeah. It means X, Y, Z. But the moment we attach to a meaning and we hold on to a meaning about what something is, then we're no longer really open to the deeper unfolding of life. And so I think it's surrendering to where things are at now, but the willingness to say, we, I don't know what will unfold tomorrow. I don't know what will change in your life and her life and our life and, you know, what life is seeking to do. And I think if you stay in that openness and, and, and both, even in relationship, both have a joint commitment, you know, to say, let's not even make it about LA or Ireland or, you know, East Coast, West. Let's not make it about the specific. Let's make it about a joint commitment to follow the, the deepest, most authentic impulse of truth that is moving through us and see where that guides us. That might guide you both to freaking, you know, Brazil <laughs> because there's a deeper clarity because we don't know, you don't know where life will, will take you both. And yeah. so just staying in that openness, not so much about LA or East Coast or West Coast, just what's the deeper truth that is seeking to emerge through our relationship and commit to that versus the specific location, you know? And so the surrender is to something even beyond so what do you think? I, I'm a big uh, fan and student and proponent of uh, mindset work and looking at the stories we oh, tell yeah. ourselves and the beliefs we sure. live in. What do you sure. think are some of the common mindsets, stories, beliefs that, that people typically have to, to overcome or confront or, I don't know, work with, be aware of before the, the, the magic of surrender, before we can really practice surrender and allow that to work magic in our lives? Okay, uh, uh, let, let, let me, uh, you know, I was thinking the other day, and this is not even in the book specifically in this way, but it's going to tie into what you're saying. Okay. I was thinking the other day of certain like stages of surrender, because I think it ties into what you're talking mm. about too, mm. is, and it does connect to a mindset. Like when we're first starting the path, I say we're on denial. We're not even conscious. We're not conscious of necessarily who we are, conscious that anything needs to shift. We're just doing life somewhat unconsciously and so that first stage is maybe we're, we're in a level of denial right then maybe we start becoming aware a little bit and we move into an understanding that perhaps certain things needs to shift in our life certain things aren't working but the reality of that can be a little daunting a little scary mm -hmm. we're afraid oh shit if i tell the truth then I'm going to be alone. If I tell the truth and I make these changes, then I won't get what I want. Yeah. If I tell the truth and, you know, I'm going to lose this relationship. I'm going to be by myself. I'll never find love again. And so we start fearing the consequences and that often keeps us stuck in that next level, which is resistance. And so that's when I see many of us, we're in a, a level of resisting what is, resisting our truth, resisting a change as a way to preserve who and what we were and who and what we thought ourselves to be because we have this idea of who we were, an idea of what we thought our life was, an idea of where we're going. So the resistance begins. And, and the reality is we may, we very well may lose some things that we were had, we had 
identity, job, relationship that we had crafted from that place of... We likely will lose likely something. Likely will, but yeah. We likely will, and yeah. the, the willingness to surrender to that, we will lose something, but the chances are what we will let go of or lose or release, probably, if we're really honest, probably wasn't really working for us truly anyway. Yeah. Wasn't, wasn't really fulfilling really anyway or wasn't in alignment anyway, you know, for the most part. And, and I know you're 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 elucidating a sort of a, a stage of of surrender here, but I th- I'm what I'm hearing right now is this is where grieving has its place. We're gonna well actually, it doesn't always even happen here okay. in that stage. Okay, you know, we move from denial, then we're in resistance. Yeah, and so we haven't even often reached the grieving stage yet because we're busy fighting. We're holding on. We're holding. Sometimes yeah. we. We work it away, we social media it away, yeah. we drink it away, we sex it away, we just numb ourselves so that we don't have to yeah. feel the deeper level of truth. Then we move into sort of the stage of negotiating in our minds and <laughs> rationalizing in our minds how to have, why, it, all. How to have, it, how to have it all, even yeah. though the all that we want isn't really what yeah. we really want. Yeah. And so we start going, well, maybe it's not so bad, maybe it can work, maybe I can make it work, maybe he's got the potential. And so we start this rationalization and negotiation and, you know, kind of bullshitting ourselves a little bit. Yeah. And, and, and that's the way we, we kind of keep ourselves on the treadmill of stuckness. Mm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, sometimes the mind can rationalize and justify anything to keep ourselves safe. And, and we can use anything and try to make sense of anything and make it sound like it makes sense, even though we know. It's, it's not true. Oh, we're, so, so it's it's remarkable how clever we can be. Remarkable. To keep you ourselves know, this, safe. This stage is very sneaky. Yeah. You know, it's very, and this is often where the eyeball can't see itself. And it's yeah. great to have reflection, friendships, honest friendships, a coach. So that's the stage of negotiation. Then we hit a point where I think we start realizing no matter how much we negotiate, shit's not going to change. Things aren't going to change. We reach a point where we have to, we have to move into a stage of acceptance. Like this relationship is not going to work. Mm. This person is not going to be any different. This this in the, this 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 business is no longer right mm. for me. Mm. It's 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 I need to let it go. And this is the stage of of acceptance that begins happening now. Acceptance doesn't necessarily mean surrender. Like we can be an acceptance, but still be internally resisting. We can be an acceptance, right. but still be uh, fighting inside. Like they shouldn't be this way. You know, the experience that I'm having should not be the experience I should be having. Talk about mindset that stops us. The experience that I'm having is not the experience I should be having. Right. I should be having some other experience right now. Like yeah. this is not it. So, so that internal. Uh, it, it can still be going on in this stage of acceptance. Now, to move from acceptance to surrender, here's the key. Now we get to what you mentioned earlier. There is no real true surrender without open-hearted surrender. Let me be clear. When I say surrender, I mean the open-hearted participation. The open-hearted participation with the experience, the event, the relationship, with, with what is arising, with the events or the experiences that are arising where we truly throw our arms open and we're willing to grow from the experience. 
We're willing to give 100% to the experience, even if it's challenging. We're willing to learn from the experience. We're willing to see the evolutionary gift in the experience and roll our sleeves up, you know, throw our arms wide open and surrender to the relationship, the process, the challenge, the job, the experience, knowing that who knows what will be on the other side, but this is where my soul is guiding me to go. And this is where I know I need to go and I'm willing to be guided. I'm willing to go into the unknown and surrender is the open heart and, yes. and participating fully with what's happening. In order for us to move into that space of true surrender where we are, you know, open-hearted is where the grieving is necessary, mm-hmm. you know, and it's in that grieving stage where we allow ourselves because surrender is a death. Surrender is a death. And if we're really surrendering and sometimes people think they're, they're doing something wrong. If we're really surrendering, we will have to go through the portal of grieving to truly grieve the death of who we were, the death of that relationship the death of an idea. You know, a lot of people, a lot of us in 2020, we had all these great plans, mm, but yeah. then things didn't work out. Yeah. And there was a, gr- a grieving of the life we thought we were going to have, right? Plans, and, and just plans. Plans, plans yeah. not working out. And so this grieving, I feel, to truly surrender needs to be fully honored. And yeah. what I was saying the other day is sometimes as spiritual practitioners, we make a mistake with good intention we do what I call a spiritual bypass of trying to, you know, keep our frequency high and we want yeah. to stay, stay in the law of attraction, keep our frequency, the highest vibration. The challenge is see the good well, side of everything, all the positive, everything. There we, there's another mindset we have to actually let go of. Yeah. It's like, let's see the good side of everything. And so yeah. spiritual bypass obviously is when we use spiritual concepts to not embrace our true humanity or mm. true feelings. The challenge being, if we don't feel our feelings fully, they just stay stuck in our body, in our physiology, in our nervous system, in our psyche, and keeps us blocked. And the irony is we, we will tend to keep recreating situations in our life that reinforce the, the thing that we're not feeling as an energetic magnet. And so I think one of the things we can truly do to move into surrender is intentionally and consciously create space in our life to feel the feelings and allow the grieving because in allowing the grieving we allow the energy the feelings to move through to be released so that we can step into a new energy into a into a new version of ourselves and then we move into surrender which is that kind of next phase you know and surrender is what i'm talking about that open-hearted participation the deep trust in life but then we move into another phase, which is a deeper dimension of surrender. It's like once we move through the portal of grieving to the zone of surrender, then we start living that next level of what I call magic. Mm-hmm. That's, when, that's when we access the magic mm-hmm. where things unfold, you yeah. know, and we're in the flow. And it's like we're not trying to make the flow. Making the flow is which you're going to manifest the flow. That's kind of like going to the ocean and taking a hose and, you know, spraying the ocean and trying to ride the wave, the, a wave of the water from the hose. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, that's what we try to do a lot of times with our mental manifestation practices. Mm-hmm. But when I say surrender, it's more about getting in relationship with the ocean 
and feeling where the energy of the ocean is going, feeling where the energy of your soul is going and, and, and following the energy and riding the wave. To yeah. me, that's the key. Like in my life, uh, you know, I told you, bro, that I moved to Miami. I had no idea, no idea that I was going to move to Florida, okay? A year ago, I was living in LA, 20 some years, loved LA, thought I would live and die in LA, it's my town. Mm-hmm. In a year, I moved from LA, moved to my I had a house in Phoenix, moved to Phoenix full time, uh, ended a relationship with the woman I thought I would be with, for, have babies with, uh, which unexpected, uh, ended up selling my house in Phoenix, ended up coming to Miami. But here's the thing, many times the guidance of the unit, because I'm really saying follow the clues, don't follow your mind, follow the deeper impulse, follow mm. the clues, trust the clues. Many times the clues, in terms of how do you practically live surrender, many times the clues are not a loud siren bell. Like, yeah. it's, it's not a big billboard. Sometimes it's just a very subtle nudging from a your soul. Whisper. Whisper. And I think the more we can learn to follow those clues, like I just heard a nudging that said, go to Miami, check it out for four days. No idea about moving here. One of the things in mindset-wise we have to let go of is the need, it's going to sound strange, the need to constantly understand everything. The need to know and understand everything and have everything make sense to the mind. Because sometimes we feel the nudging, then we stop ourselves. That's when we block the flow and we go, wait a second, what does this mean? And why, is, and why that? And why that? And why Miami? And why this? And why, you know, why Ireland? Why? And through the constant questioning of the mind, we end up blocking the flow. And so what I've learned is to honor the whispering, to give up the understanding for the need to know what it means, and just go in, the, go in that direction, take a step in the direction. And so that's what I did with Miami. I just took a step in that direction, showed up here. And I believe that life reveals itself to us in the process of living itself. It's a, it's a revelation. And then one thing leads to the next, which leads to the next, which leads to the next. And life then unfolds. I, I really believe that when we surrender, life unfolds in ways that we, we could not have planned or imagined with our minds. We can create a life with our minds that would be good, you know. But the challenge is it will still be limited in some way because the mind is, is, is conditioned and limited by the past, by past experience, by past wounding, by past conditioning, by generational patterns and programming to a degree. But when we're following the deeper impulse of our soul in that surrender flow, yeah. then we're open to life and the universe. And I believe in that space, there's no limits per se. And then what often happens? You know, especially for those that might be afraid, oh my God, what will happen? I'm afraid that maybe things will manifest, things won't happen. I'm, I'm really wanting to reinforce that perhaps what if, what if what happened was more than you could imagine, more than you could plan, more than you could have visualized for yourself or envisioned for yourself. And to me, that's, that's the magic that happens. Well, I'll tell you, man, you know, I, I will say this. I am very much looking forward to watching you navigate this practice when you are in partnership with a woman you want to build a life the rest of your life with obviously i mean you know who knows what happens the rest of your life but cuz i you know i'm i'm with Sylvie 5 years i'll tell you i'm having more 
I'm having more success doing what I love now mm. than ever before in my life. And there's no fucking way I would have chosen this. See? I resisted <laughs> the shit out of it. Um, and it was through my relationship with Sylvie that certain pressures were created that, you know, oh boy, all the mind freak out that was going on and the stories, you know, I'm, I'm stepping more and more into working with men I'm exclusively. I've been working with couples a lot for many years and, and, and women as well. And more and more I'm focusing just on men. And I resisted that like, like no fucking way. Just too many stories about mm. men. I was in the military, you know, my dads were not really present just all kinds of stuff. And so I didn't want to work with men, you know, had a lot of stories and I'm, 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 I'm having more success, feeling more in my power than ever before in my life as I'm working with men. And that's, that's, again, I wouldn't have chosen it. That's the, that's the surrender, you know, yeah. that's the surrender. You wouldn't have chosen it, but if that, if that is your flow, if that is your yeah. Dharma, if that is your, if that is your, see, many times we're, we're trying to force life or force what we think we should be doing, but the intelligence of our soul has another direction. Yeah. And I think the more we're able to really surrender to that, then life starts living us. Then we are truly in the zone of our flow, and that's when things happen, you know, because yeah. you are in the flow of your genius. You're in the flow of what you were meant to do. Not what you think you're meant to do, not what you even want to do, but what you were designed to do, you know, what yeah. you were born to do. That's when we tap into the magic of your own. I think that's when you will tap and that's when we will tap and that's when we will all tap into parts of ourselves that we didn't even know were there. That's when it gets activated. And to your point, there was a lot of grieving I had to go through to, to cross this threshold, grieving of what I thought would make me successful, of what I thought I was supposed to be doing, of, of kind of the direction my career was supposed to be going in, the way yes. that I was supposed to, again, I don't want to go into specifics here, that's, but that's between Sylvie and I, but there were a lot of, there was a period of probably two years where I was in a lot of fucking pain. Yeah because of my stories about what I thought should be happening. Like you said, I think I should be having a different experience than I'm having. This should be going a different direction than it's going. And just thank God I, I have a woman who is true to herself, who is more and more connected to herself and surrendered to her truth, even if it means losing me. Yeah. And thank God for that. And it's been at times excruciatingly bit difficult and painful because I had to go through the grieving of letting go of what I thought should be so that I could step into the flow of, of what is wanting to unfold through me. That, that's the key. What, it, we move from what do I want, right? I think yeah. this is the shift that I'm excited to invite people into. The old paradigm way of living is like, what, what, what do I want? What yeah. do I want? What do I need to do, do to go get it and go get it and set your goals? <laughs> what do I want? And then be happy. And then try to be happy. And then you end up getting it and realize, shit, this is not really what I, what I wanted. Yeah. yeah. And so I think the real question becomes, what is life? What yeah. is life seeking to express through me? What is, li what is life? What is this intelligence of life that has been around billions of years? Yeah. The same intelligence that brings the sun up every day, that digests your food, that beats your heart. There's never a day that 
you, I, I don't think, Brian, but there's never a day where you have to go, breathe, 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 breathe. It's, just, it's, it's there's an intelligence that's happening that's been around for 14 billion years. And so I think everyday life is proving its trustability to us. You know, everything, like if we look out at life, I look out at life, the sun, the skies, the moon, everything. It's like everything is living proof that we can trust it, that there's an intelligence that is functioning all of this that is beyond my own comprehension. And yeah. so I think the, the question becomes, what is life seeking to express through me and to allow ourselves to get out of the way, to listen, to attune, to feel? And we don't have to totally know, but to feel as deeply as we can and allow that to emerge and go in that direction. And I really believe that it may not lead us where we want to or where we thought or yeah. where we could imagine, but I believe it will lead us to exactly where we need to be, which will often be beyond, beyond, beyond yeah. what we could think of for ourselves. Letting go leads to more. That's what I've always found. Mm. More of what? You're going to find <laughs> out. <laughs> well, let's let's wrap this up with uh, we're going to do something a little different with the three key takeaways. You, you you've been on this show before. We did the five key takeaways. Uh, first time guests. That's the five key takeaways. But what I want to do for, for for you now is we've had uh, a really profound and 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 uh, I love meandering in these conversations. There's so much depth. I mean, we could we could do it. We could just start a whole podcast about surrender and just do nothing but that in every episode and talk about all the infinite varieties and ways that that looks and all the challenges and all all the fun of it, all of that. And you'll be back on the show again for sure at some point. Uh, so but these three key takeaways to just kind of summarize up for our listeners some three key takeaways, and I have the questions for you. Um, number one, what's the biggest benefit of learning how to truly surrender? <laughs> the biggest benefit? Yeah. Uh, freedom. Hmm. Freedom. That's really what I can say. And I can only speak from experience. The freedom. Because my job is to show up. And give a hundred percent. We may not always win the game, but the process and the journey is, is really the reward. And so I think when we are truly surrendered, we're not attached. And because we're not attached, that I have found there's less anxiety, less stress, and f more freedom. You know, freedom to just be, freedom to just experience, freedom to just be curious. And so I would say freedom. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I want to, if I may add uh, a layer to this, certainly to my, to my students of masculine and feminine intimacy, that, that value of freedom, what I notice even through our, through our conversation is also really present, is it's, it, there's, a, there's a, a deep and profound connection to the moment that is yes. a, almost a, a requirement, I don't know if requirement's the right word, but it is an aspect and is the essential aspect of the practice of surrender so that we can experience freedom because we're connected to the moments, to our feelings, to what is, to what's true in the moment, so connected that freedom is the, is the consequence. I think that's, that's a beautiful merging of, it's the yin and yang dancing yeah. with each other. Yeah. Uh, beautiful, man. Key takeaway number two, What's the biggest obstacle in the way? What do people have to get over 
And again, you may have answered this already, but we're just wrapping this up. Uh, the, 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 yeah, no, I, I, I think the idea mm. that we're in control, the idea that mm. we, or the illusion that we are running the show. And I think every, don't take it from me, but every spiritual practice, everyone comes down to the concept of realizing that there is a deeper intelligence that is unfolding life. Even Jesus, you know, um, I'm going to butcher his, his quote, <laughs> but even, even Jesus, who performed all these miracles, you know, and, and for me, when I say magic, it might be miracles, and magic can mean different things to people, more abundance, more joy, more bliss, more happiness, whatever magic means to you. Even Jesus, who performed these miracles, never once did he say, right. yo, it was me. Yeah. Look how great I am. Look how incredible I am. Look how magical I am. He said, and this was the key. He said, it's not I that does the work, but the Father that does the yeah. work through me. And so he realized that he was not the doer. And I think that, that gave him the ability to open himself up, to be lived by life, to become a vessel, to become a vehicle. And I really believe that what life, if we're truly open, if we're truly available, you know, uh, we've got to show up, we've got to do our part, we have to prepare ourselves and practice and what have you. But if we show up fully with an open heart, then I think what life can do through you and I, what life can do through us, what life did through Mandela, through, through Buddha, through Jesus, through Bruce Lee, through Muhammad Ali, through Mother Teresa, through Martin Luther King, what life is able to do through you and I is beyond what we can do of our own self yeah. and our own personal power. And so I think that, that that's something to give up. That doesn't mean we right. don't do our part. That doesn't mean we don't go, okay, what, what, what is in my control? But hmm. if 2020 has taught us anything, it's a realization that we're, we're not in as control as we think. I was in uh, Egypt many years ago after the military, and I was living with a family there. And uh, I remember uh, we uh, were driving on the highway one day. And Egyptian, at least, you know, the cars are very old there, at least at that time. At least they seemed like 50 years old, beaten up. Anyway, we were driving on the highway, on the one of the highways ringing around Cairo, and all of a sudden we were in the far left lane, and all of a sudden the car slammed against the, the concrete barrier separating the two lanes. Thank God there was a barrier there. We would have gone into oncoming traffic just out of nowhere. No one hit us, nothing. We just all of a sudden the car slammed into the barrier. I was in the back seat. Uh, we got out of the car. What had happened was the steering wheel had become detached from the axle. So you could spin the steering wheel like a top, just spin it like a little spinny wheel. And, it, and then the tires would. And I'll never forget that lesson, Coot, because it, up until that point, I had always thought that I'm driving this car. It goes where I say it goes. And then I was in a car where the steering wheel detached from the axle. And I could no longer steer that car in the middle of oncoming, in the middle of traffic. And I remember that that, that lesson never left me because like what you're saying, I'm never in control of the car. I'm in partnership with the car so long as it wants to perform, I guess, so long as it wants to, to, to let me control it. But like to your point, man, I think that's really poignant. The biggest obstacle that we're not in control, even when we think, even when we think we're driving the car. Even control is the master illusion and the master addiction. Yeah. yeah, man. Final key takeaway 
And it's about practice. How can someone start practicing surrender today? Like what's some baby step, something that someone can just... I'm gonna, uh, okay, let me simplify a few simple things uh, without being too elaborate. <laughs> Begin by really feeling and acknowledging and telling the truth to yourself about what's really true within yourself. You know, what lies am I telling myself? What am I pretending to not know? Mm. What is it costing me? And really feeling the truth. Whether you act on it or not, you have to be willing to feel and acknowledge the truth of what's really going on in your heart so that you can begin to let that process bubble inside of you so that you stand a chance to begin aligning your life with the deeper truth. Because to me, surrender is living in alignment with the deeper truth of your being. Uh, just practice the, the willingness to let's just say, follow the clues, mm. you know? Uh, there's clues all around us, but many times we're not really paying attention. We're so distracted mm. or we're so projecting what should be, what should be, mm -hmm. what should be, when the clue is like right here floating in front of us like a little feather in the wind. And I think if we can just start by paying attention and just going in the direction, you know, and just take another step and just go in that direction, there's so many clues around us that we're willing to follow. And so I would just encourage people just practice following the clues with an open mind and open heart. See where life takes you. See how things open up. Life starts revealing itself to you. Yeah. Beautiful, Coot. Well, man, always appreciate your wisdom. Uh, real quick before we go, where can people buy your book? Yeah, um, obviously it's available on Amazon. Um, my, the website for the book is themagicofsurrender.com. Uh, uh, there's a video there. If you go there, you buy the book uh, via Amazon, come back, enter your receipt. You're going to get a whole bunch of free gifts. I'm giving away a, an intensive seminar on surrender, talking about the seven levels of surrender even more mm -hmm. deeply. Uh, you get, I think, three videos, a three-part video training series. You get a PD. I mean, there's so many mm -hmm. things you, you're giving away. I don't even remember, <laughs> but uh, yeah. www.themagicofsurrender.com. Great. And uh, that'll be in the show notes, of course. I think that's such important work, man, teaching us all, teaching us the art of surrender and the magic of surrender, man, making that possible for us. It's, I know it's, as I said, it's core to my practice as a man and, and as a human. And uh, man, I'm so grateful that you're in the world, that you birthed this book. Thank you for your work. Coot, thanks for coming on, man. It's always a pleasure, brother. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you again to my dear friend, Coot Blackson. You can find Coot's new book at themagicofsurrender.com. And of course, this link and any other resources, including Coot's three key takeaways, will be in the show notes at brianreeves.com slash podcast. And if you were served by this and think others should hear it too, please share this episode or just write a review so you too can lead more men this way. And don't forget to subscribe yourself while you're at it. I'm your thriving life and relationship coach, Brian Reeves. Brian with a Y, Reeves. Until soon, keep your head up, your breath relaxed, and your thoughts inspired.